Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blackhearted Mama. I'm so glad to be back. So sorry for the delay. I have been working quite a bit, as well as I've had a baby with teething issues, and it's pretty rough. So with that being said, I don't know what I do without my husband. I know that people say this, but whoa, he steps up huge. And it's it's just amazing that we both can, or I get at least about eight hours of sleep a day, which uh, I appreciate. So we are going to start our Salem Witch Trial Fun. And we're going to focus basically on the witch trials and this witch hunt that occurred. And there's something that I want to say with this because Sanderson's sisters are next Friday and I'm totally pumped. I allow my kids to watch Disney movies. And honestly, this is one of my favorite Disney movies is Hocus Pocus. I grew up loving this movie. I grew up loving Bette Midler. Um, and then, of course, Sarah Jacks Parker with Sex in the City. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, this was huge for me as a kid. My mom of course, introduced me to all sorts of movies, but Hocus Pocus was my favorite. I'm not a huge Tim Burton fan, which is weird, because I do enjoy his films, but that year, Nightmare Before Christmas came out around Halloween, and Hocus Pocus came out in September, and the big box office hit, of course, was Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. But I was tuned into Hocus Pocus stuff, so I honestly chose that one. But with that being said, here we go. What makes me so sad about the Salem Witch Trials is what actually occurred. It was a seven-month period of basically people walking around hysterical, mass panic, Oh my goodness, there's something I could compare it to in my generation of living, uh, going into 2000. So there was a group of people who were in mass panic thinking the world was going to end. Um, I, I was not part of those people, but I do remember hearing about it on the news that as soon as, you know, it goes from 1999 to 2000, the world's going to end. But thankfully... That's not the case. <laughs> but this was part of this hysteria in 1692. Of course, this is colonial times. And over 150 people were arrested. They were allegedly doing witchcraft to inflict harm on others. Now, this resulted in the execution of 20 people. And prison deaths, about five or more is what is listed. The most I've seen on record right now is about seven. Now, this is a legend. And it has the term of witch hunt. And a lot of people look at this word as witch hunt, as in you're picking and choosing and you're going and looking around for, a, you know, the person. And that is where the term came from. 
Now, I am never going to sit here and say, I believe these people were witches. I wasn't alive then. I do not know. I do not have my personal beliefs. I was brought up in a Catholic household. But with that being said, my parents allowed me to celebrate Halloween. They allowed me to celebrate other holidays. They allowed me to watch Hocus Pocus. I watched WWE wrestling growing up. I was not sheltered one bit. And I appreciate my parents for that because they did not um, really... I feel as if they treated me with respect and with, you know, guidance and the opportunities, though, to, you know, watch a league of their own, which was, you know, had the cuss words and other, you know, adult content. It's actually one of my favorite movies of all times with Still Magnolias and Hocus Pocus. So... When I say this, I I want to make it very clear. These are not my feelings, but it was strictly just in the articles and what I have referenced. So, by the way, no one was burned at the stake. Tens of thousands of men and women accused of witchcraft were executed all over Europe during the 16th and 17th century. Now, many of whom they were buried and burned at the stake. Now, the majority of the Salem witch trial victims were executed by hanging. And one person, and the name is Giles Corey, this is interesting, was crushed under rocks. But no one... In the actual Salem Witch Trials were burned at the stake. And then, of course, I always think of this as well because I was a big True Blood fan. Um, (laughs) I'm sure you, um, if you were in the lovely era of being an 80s baby, you know, born in the 80s, made in the 90s, you definitely understand where I'm coming from when it comes to True Blood. And I just want to make it really clear that most accusers were girls under the age of 20. These accusers were children and teenagers. Now, here are the first accusers' names. Elizabeth Paris and Abigail Williams were 9 and 11-year-olds. And the oldest accusers were about 19 and 20 years old. Especially young women were not especially powerful in the society yet, especially in the Puritan society. And so a lot of these accounts and accusations were made by girls under the age of 20, which I found was fascinating. Now, here is a fun part of this. Courts allowed some interesting evidence. Spectral evidence is courtroom testimony where a witness describes the harm on an accused spirit has inflicted on them, rather than the accused themselves. Now keep in mind this is a spirit. Now, 
the courts were asked not to allow such evidence, but they were. And that this was required evidence because it's their spirit. Now, let me tell you these uh, witch tests that were involved. And if you realize, if you remember any of this from our previous episode, you remember the um, little thing that came out and that's how they decided it was a witch if they saw the little thing that came out. Now, this is fascinating. He, here's some of the tests they took. The prayer test. The cues were made to recite the Lord's Prayer or a selection of scripture from memory. If they made an error, yep, guess what? You're a witch. So if you happen to not know scripture, like myself, I cannot tell you scripture by the back of my hand. I'm just not one of those people. But I can tell you the Lord's Prayer. But I am not one to know scripture off the top of my head. I guess I would qualify. So here is another one. Incantation test. The accused would verbally order the devil to leave the afflicted victim. If the victim became cured, the accuser was proven to be a witch. So the person goes up there and says, devil, leave. And if the victim says the devil left, that person's a witch. The pricking test is rather interesting. The accused were poked and scratched by their alleged victims until they bled. If the victim's afflictions were relieved, that was proof the accused was a guilty of witchcraft. Wow. Here we go. This is um, one that... I find very interesting. And this is the skin test. Any appearance of moles, freckles, birthmarks, scars, and extra nipples were proof of a contact with the devil. So birthmarks. I have several. I guess I would definitely qualify under that one, which is so sad. This one is super interesting. This one's the dunking or swimming test. Now, the witches were, accused witches, were bound at the wrists and ankles and dropped into a body of water. If they floated, they were guilty of witchcraft. If they sank, they were innocent, but often drowned anyway. Yep, that would be me. And I'm pretty sure that would be the majority of people that aren't Harry Houdini. Um, which is so sad to say that, but sure. Now, here we go. I think this is one of my, like, favorite ones that I just don't understand. Touch test. The accused witch would touch their victim. If the victim felt pain, they were proven a witch. Wow. So, these accusers are children. Typically girls under the age of 20. And they got that opportunity. Has everybody ever heard of the fable of the boy who cried wolf? Just throwing it out there. So, another one that I will bring up, which I think is super interesting. The weight test. 
witches were supposedly very light. So courts tried to weigh them against the weight of the Bible. When the accused did not weigh more than the book, the court simply issued another test to find their guilt. Wow. Dear goodness. Um, that's why I have a suspect and her rather large. Um, but I'm pretty sure that they would just go on to a different test. So let's finally go to the fun part. And this was both in Europe and New England. These tests were impossible to pass. Now, I find it so interesting that the prison basement was known as Witch Jail. The Witch Jail known today in Salem is Old Witch Gull, which was essentially a dungeon for the accused. Men and women kept in prison basements were starved, tortured, and exposed to inhumane conditions. But they built a new jail in 1814 and raised the building in 1956. Wow. The youngest accused witch was four years old. Let's dig in. Now, keep in mind, most of the accused men and women were middle-aged and elderly. This is the exception. Dorothy? Good was four years old. She was daughter of Sarah Good, was accused of being deranged and animalistic after consorting with the devil. Dorothy confessed to her supposed crime and the authorities and claimed to have seen her mother with the devil. Dorothy's confession allowed her to be released on bond after nearly seven months in prison. Now you're four. And her mother was hanged during Dorsey's time in jail. So the youngest accused witch was four years old. How sad. Now, here is a fun twist. What stopped this governor with these witch trials? Well, because his wife was accused. <laughs> The trials lasted seven months from, of course, 1692 to 1693. And over this time, the province of Massachusetts Bay, Sir William Phipps allowed the hysteria to continue. And, of course, it killed many innocent people. Now, Lady Mary Phipps was accused of witchcraft. The governor worked quickly to eliminate special evidence from his trials. In a matter of weeks, the trials were over, and their awaiting trial or execution were released immediately. Now, I'm going to go through our 25 people who died. And if it gives a little bit more information, I will give that to you, or any information that I have seen, I will give that to you when I read their name. Now, I'm not going to read the entire list of course but i am going to read the ones that i think are very um interesting and honestly there's a lot of males involved as well and um 25 people died in total 
but here is just a couple of names. Rebecca Nurse, Sarah Good, of course, that was the four-year-old's mother, as well as um, Sarah Wilds, Martha Corey, Mary Easley, Alice Parker, Mary Parker, Wilmot Red, Margaret Scott, John Willard. Now five or more people, so I'm seeing about a five to seven, they died while awaiting trial from malnourishment or from injuries sustained due to the torture. One of those people were Sarah Good's infant daughter, Mercy, who was born in prison but died shortly after birth. Oh, and here we go. Two dogs were also executed for the alleged contrib contribution to the witchcraft rules. I just can't. And so 150 people were arrested in all. Now, the Salem witch trials are still relevant today. And honestly, I, I'm just floored that this actually happened. But during that time and place, I guess that they were just so, so much in fear, so much in fear. And what I find really interesting was that they were tortured in a basement while waiting trial. So they were already under the assumption of guilt. And the exact cause of the same with Charles was known for a number of causes. Some suggested theories of conversion disorder, epilepsy, poisoning, Lyme disease, unusually cold weather, factionalism, socioeconomic hardship, family rivalries, and fraud. How sad. It's just heartbreaking because, you know, socioeconomic status, you know, you have four individuals and if they see something or feel something that they could be a witch, they disclaimed it. Because again, these accusers were younger than 20 typically. And I think what's fascinating is that this is part of our history. This is part of the colonial times, which is huge for me because it has really been the story of um, the, the boy that cried wolf. So I recently actually told this story um, to my middle daughter and we talked about what crying wolf meant. And here's a perfect example. The Salem witch trial started with two girls having unexplainable fits. In mid-January 1692, Elizabeth Betty Paris, the nine-year-old daughter of the local Reverend Samuel Paris and Abigail Williams, the Reverend's 11-year-old niece, became the first to be diagnosed with witchcraft, which is fascinating. 
Soon after, other girls, including Anne Putman, Elizabeth Hubbard, also started showing these symptoms. By late February 1962, when traditional medicine and prayers failed to cure the girls, the Reverend called upon a local doctor. He was the first to suggest the girls may under, be under evil influence of witchcraft. What in the world? His name is William Griggs. Now, the girls contorted their bodies in odd positions, made straight noises, and spoke gibberish, and seemed to be having fits. Now, upon the interrogation, there was an Indian woman enslaved by the Paris family. Based on these accusations, the witch hunt began, and the warrant for the apprehension of Tituba, who's an Indian woman, Osborne and Good were officially signed February 29, 1692. Now, Tituba was the first to admit the witchcraft during the Salem witch trials, but not much is known about her, to be honest with you. Um, she eventually confessed to using witchcraft. Um, she crafted a tale de detailing how the devil had come over her and it was part of her testimony. Now her testimony just added fuel to the fire and got more of the witch hunt scenario, um, which is crazy to me. Um, of course, the first woman noted is Bridget Bishop was the first to be executed for witchcraft. Um, again, animals were not spared of this. Now, um, we all know about Dorothy Good, the four-year-old who was accused due to her mother who was previously accused. And just wow. Now, a special court was established for these trials. The Court of Oyer and Terminer were established in June 1692. Upon Governor William Phipps returned from England, he realized the need for new courts. Now, we all know the ways that they decided you were a witch was just wild to me. But men were also accused, which is very interesting. And it did not discriminate based on gender. And John Proctor was the first man accused of witchcraft because he was supporting his wife, who was being accused. And he said, well, the accuser must be lying, and suspicion fell on him. So here's the big kicker. They did not burn the witches like they stated at all. Now, I'm going to bring you forward to after the Salem witch trials ended, there was an effort to restore the rights and dignity of those accused. But keep in mind, the only reason this stopped because the governor's own wife was accused. But since she was accused, obviously that couldn't be right. So therefore, you know what happened. So I just think it's fascinating. I think this is fascinating about history. I love the facts about, you know, exactly how things were back then. 
and the colonies and so on. So in our next witch fun, we are going to discuss witchcraft and where it came from, the meanings. We're going to discuss a little bit about present day. So it should be fun. Now, remember, please like, share, follow Blackheart and Mama. I appreciate you for sitting with me or listening to me driving or listening to wherever you are. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you all shortly. <laughs> Bye.